Not only is it deeply fulfilling to make podcasts that bring new perspectives on society to folks, with Anchor, it's incredibly simple. It's a free podcast host with tons of creation tools that help make cut and polished podcasts straight from your phone or computer. Anchor makes podcasting simple. They distribute your work to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other major platform distributors. They come with a built-in advertising system so you can make money without a minimum listenership. It's got everything you need to make a fantastic podcast in one place. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to Deconstruct. My name is Fitzgerald Pucci. There are many myths in American society that are causing us to act against our own interests, and Deconstruct's goal is to shed light and give clarity on these myths. Together, we'll trace the origins of the myths our society has forgotten the history of. We'll follow the money trail of the people and institutions who benefit from these myths, and we'll study together how each myth changed the way our world works. Our goal is to equip a listener with a multitude of lenses to see each myth with a fresh perspective and give them the power to reach their own conclusions. We've got some big news today to share with the folks of Deconstruct. I'm very proud and I'm very excited. If you followed us from the start, if you've joined our groups and our social media, if you've heard an episode you liked and decided to come back, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your involvement with this project has made all of this work so incredibly worth it. We're going to keep growing, we're going to keep exploring, and keep learning together. With that being said, we're going to begin a new and long-lasting series for Deconstruct. It's going to be the first of its kind. It's time that the show concerts its efforts into exploring some of the most difficult and deep-set myths. One of the most dangerous and deeply indoctrinated series of myths that causes so much violence and harm in our society today are the ones that teach our boys in broken and stunted ways to become the men that society expects them to be. The series is going to be about unlearning harmful masculinity. It's going to be about confronting it. It's going to be about taking accountability for the harm that patriarchal masculinity brings. These things have never been more important to the life of a healthy and functioning man, and I find it absolutely essential to go through this process. Through the podcast, we're going to be inviting different folks and speakers to talk with us about their experiences perpetuating or receiving masculinity, of talking about our shortcomings, going through the difficult work of changing for the better with the sense of love and trust in ourselves to do exactly that. Today, as a primer for the idea of loving self-confrontation and accountability, I'm going to share the speech that I presented at the Spencer Black Lives Matter protest. While it is distinctly related to some of the issues and topics of whiteness, it is very pertinent to the conversation that we will be 
beginning together. And it will have some important intersections of privilege, particularly between whiteness and of masculinity. I hope for this to be a solid stepping stone for how we frame, build, and act in the conversation to come. I am so grateful for you, for your time, for your, for your presence, for your good sentiments, for your trust, for your hope. I love it. Thank you so much. Now, without any further ado, here is my speech from the Spencer Black Lives Matter protest titled, A Comfortable Evil. Folks, I want to take a couple of seconds from my whiteness to talk to all y'all white people about some very important things. Is that okay? Uh, my, my only words that I'm going to say to the black community are, thank you. We see your power. We see your strength. I am inspired by you. And I want to wake up every day being a little closer to the power that you bring to the table. Today, we are in the midst of a crisis. A beautiful man named George Floyd was strangled to death for nine minutes by the cold and heartless clutches of a killer cop named Derek Sheldon. I'm going to call him what he is. Beautiful, innocent people have been killed in their own homes. Brianna Taylor. In their sleep. In their cars. Philando Castile. Children. Tamir Rice. And women and men. And trans people. Tony McDowd. Whose names we have come to honor. Today. Thank you. Thank you. Today, the hypocrisy of our very own townspeople about which protests are valid, the demand for haircuts and massages versus the right for an individual to live and to breathe. It is inexcusable. We have no excuse in this peaceful little town to let such poisonous and unpeaceful thoughts into our systems. Our peace comes not from the security of our supremacy. Our peace comes from the bird songs we are serenaded with in the morning. From the rushing waters of falls, rivers, and ponds we are graced with. This is where our peace comes from. And yet, the noise of the world around us, the noise of faraway pundits crying of chaos, the noise of authoritarian figureheads trying to kill and manipulate us to give up our peace and instead become lost in paranoia and hatred, we are being relentlessly bombarded with well-marketed propaganda from the wealthy, from the people wishing to control us with their power, those wishing to remain hidden in their ivory towers while the rest of us fight for scraps, convincing us to buckle under the weight of our fear and give our righteous power to brutal hierarchy. The pecking order, the totem pole, that which states that one life has more value than another, it's bullshit, everybody. That is the monster lurking within our peaceful town. That is the being estranging us from the peace that we have been given from God. And I'm here to say that this monster can no longer take shelter in this town. It can no longer rest in the polluted minds and corrupted sentiments of our people. It has got to go. We are giving it the eviction notice. We are telling it to skip town. We are telling it to kick rocks. It is time to have some very uncomfortable conversations 
with those who have become complacent to the cruelty, devaluation, murder, poverty, and desperate struggle of black and brown folks. This monster that has invaded our town, stolen our peace, and eaten our lunch, it exists, and it is well-fed. It feeds itself from the vivid, paranoid fears of what is not familiar in our town. It feasts on the tropes and distracted myths of white supremacy that have been forced down our throats for too long. It exists in the old and obsolete world that is shaken and crumbled to its core. It is based in the fears of a world that is no longer real. A world that time has made extinct. So my question for you today is what must we do? This monster has created a disguise that looks like us. It is white. It drives a pickup truck or a fancy car, a Mercedes-Benz, a Tesla. It tells vulgar jokes at the expense of our vulnerable, and it laughs at them. It quietly wishes harm and violence to what it is unused to. It is something that whispers in our ears that we are in mortal danger whenever we are in the presence of someone whose skin is darker than us. It has the face of your favorite television stars, and it speaks through the movies we've grown up with. It is a presence that exists to tell us that the words of a rich white man are to be trusted. It is Ronald Reagan. Guess what? It is Ronald Reagan. It is Richard Nixon. It is every human who has tapped into the racist fears of small towns like ours, consumed us to get ahead in their own twisted agendas. This monster is the voice that tells us that blue lives matter. That is the monster. That is the demon. If you have ever invoked this phrase, I urge you not to look away. It is not normal to support the murder of countless innocent American lives. It is not normal to create a culture around devaluing, dehumanizing, and seeking to destroy our kin. It is not normal, and we are here to reject it. We must recognize how deep this monster is within our veins. We must recognize the extent to how deep we must dig into our minds and hearts to uproot and remove this demon. This demon is the gruesome cornerstone of centuries of American life, of our history, of our culture. And it is time it falls. signs in Rutland that say Rutland strong. I see signs in Boston that say Boston strong. I see signs in North Brookfield and Spencer that say North Brookfield strong and Spencer strong. Good stuff. Today, I urge you to find the meaning of this slogan. I urge you to be strong, to express a deep and ancient strength that comes from taking accountability. Just because we've only been alive for so long doesn't mean that we don't have roots in a system that is killed and broken and looted and assaulted and pillaged. As a white man in America, I know that that is in the roots of my lineage. I have to do something about that. I have to fight to make that right, or I will risk succumbing to a generational curse centuries deep. If I do not confront this, I may die without ever truly seeing this monster with my own two eyes. What will you do? What will you do to question yourself? What will you do to break the shackles of your comfort and embrace a liberating feeling of challenging what is wrong that wishes to remain unseen? It means confronting ourselves. It means confronting our brethren. 
It means confronting our neighbors, our community, in hopes that we can be an instrument to their healing as well as ours. Tremendous and unshakable love are a necessity, and by God, it will be hard, people. There are people that we know that will do what they can to avoid this, to avoid the truth of our curses, to hide under the same stones that this monster has taken refuge in, to hide in the home of a comfortable evil. Sometimes, good is what feels the most uncomfortable. Even now, I'm pretty uncomfortable, let's be real. Perhaps that is a sign that what I am doing is making change for the better. We must break the inclination to believe that, what are, that whatever is just and right is familiar. We must break the notion that it is easy to do the right thing. We must break the notion that we are wholly good people without flaws or without curses. Today, I ask my fellow white people to look into their hearts and earnestly ask themselves, where is my ugliness? Where are my flaws? Where are my shortcomings? Where are my mistakes? Where do they reside, truly? I ask you not to treat these answers with judgment, but with an unshakable love of oneself and with trust in the human ability to heal. I want to imagine what this comfortable, beautiful town would look like if there wasn't a single officer in town that held bigoted beliefs, if there were no racial profiling, brutality, or bias, if we did our part together to hold each other accountable and keep each other safe. Some would say that we would fall into anarchy and never come back. Some would say that disorder and carnage would take hold of the land, that we would be doomed. Some would feed into the exact same racialized fears that fuel the monster that we speak of together here. And we will need to speak about this later. Community, folks, we will need to speak about this. Some will turn to their bigotry for solace and say, this is exactly why we need police the exact same way they are. And I say that ideology comes from a deep-rooted distrust of our fellow humans. I ask you to take a truly radical step to trust in the goodness of people. To see that you and I are deeply flawed, imperfect, scarred, haunted people. And to see all that and to trust them anyways. Black Lives Matter. Folks, there's going to be a big journey taking place for the next couple of months. It's going to take a lot of strength, a lot of gentleness, a lot of healing. And I am so excited to go through this process with all of you. I have so much trust in our ability to grow and change for the better as well. I want to end today's episode with a special piece of gratitude. It's been a little over a month since we first started our work. It's been a continuation of one of the craziest times I've ever seen alive. So much has changed and so much will continue to change. And it means so much to me to be able to to find a creative outlet for all of this difficulty that actually has the potential to make people's lives a little better. It's been one of the deepest honors I've ever had to be 
at the helm of this thing, and I cannot wait to see what new directions this life takes us together. The journey will be difficult. The journey will be expending. But I know in my heart of hearts that it will all be worth it. My name is Fitzgerald Pucci, and this is Deconstruct. Deconstruct.